this is Kimber, and here are today's best bits from Clairsey, Shane and Kimber on Mix 94.5. Police court short is a headline on the front of the uh, paper. Yeah, they're saying that serious criminal investigations are being delayed because we have about 50 unfilled detective positions across WA in the police force, right? Sure. And, and it's tough because... By being 50 people down, like 50 detectives down means that the workload is enormous. Yeah. So now uniformed officers have absolutely zero interest in in changing ranks because they're like, are you kidding me? The workload is huge. And that's part of you, uh, your working thing. When you're thinking about your career, you want to know where you can go next. It's not just about what you're doing now, just taking the payday. Mm-hmm. It's about where you could perhaps graduate to. And they're saying that what's happening right now with the winter crime surge, a uh, number of offences reported uh, to police last month increasing almost 3,000 uh, from August of last year from 15 to 18,000. That's a huge increase. 18,062 offences yeah. in one month. Yes. Like, why would anyone want to be a cop? Biggest, now, I'm, like, biggest I'm not... increases, domestic assaults, robberies, home burglaries and vehicle thefts. These are all things that uh, do you really want to deal with. Seriously, listen, exactly. Listen no. to those things. Like, I know. They're and awful. They do, police don't get the respect that they absolutely deserve. They're doing a fantastic job. It has to be a fire in your belly, surely, because yeah. nobody would go, I'm really keen on doing these hours. And for, you know, what I assume is an average pay for what they do, I think that they should be paid more. Mm. But, like, what – it has to be a fire in your belly, surely. I cannot understand why anyone would be like, I'm, I'm keen to be around drug addicts or people that could put my life in danger or domestic people. violence and, and seeing some horrible things. I know a 19-year-old guy who wants to be a police officer. He's doing other kind of work right now. Yeah. And his parents are talking to him through it and all that, and they think that's good if he wants to have a career, but they are concerned. But I liken his fire, that you talk about the fire in the belly, to a 25-year-old girl that I know who travelled overseas to work in orphanages. You know what I right. mean? They, they feel like they can make a difference. That's the that's the fire. That's the key. Yeah, that's yeah. I suppose that that's probably what it is. But I just think, wow, you are really exposed mm. to some things in 2015 that you probably weren't even exposed to in in you know 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I'm really interested. 133353. I mean, I don't know if anyone's going to call this early and whether maybe you're up and you're training, but what would mm. make someone want to be a cop? Yes. Like, what? <laughs> what? Is it in you? Maybe you're that person who's like, I can't wait to be a cop. I'm training. Or maybe you've been in the force or you're still in it. But I, I want to know what is driving somebody to mm. do that position because I think it would be tough. Because I'm thinking about you and I, it would end up being like the Police Academy movies. We'd just be oh, falling over each say, other. It would be a joke. I'd be Hightower. You know, that would be the only thing. It would be good for my fitness. Like, I'd have to be, I'd have to be in tip-top shape. You know, it would be really good conditioning. Channel 7 did those specials last year where they showed the training. Yeah. And uh, it is full on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's- this is super boot camp every day. Yeah. Look, Kimber, with the way uh, you know TV portrays policing, you know, CSI style, mm-hmm. uh, all of those kinds of shows, you can see how young people could probably think that police work was as easy as solving crimes in neat thirty-minute packages. Oh, and it's one of those cute little things when you're growing up. You say, "What are you going to be when you're older?" Oh, I want to be a police officer. Mm. Seems like a good idea, but I don't know. It's obviously just not in me. Yeah. I don't know how people can do the job. I think it's thankless. And I think they have to work so hard and they're exposed to some pretty awful things. Let's be honest, there's a lot of people out there who can't look after themselves. And that's the primary part of the job. But they have to go there without aggression. The police have to go there and be very understanding and be very diplomatic with people. Yeah. Not always easy to do. We have a shortage of police in WA at the moment. We'd like to know what is it? Like Mm. what what makes someone want to be a cop? Yeah. Tyson in Nolamara, what would make someone want to be a cop? Um, I just think it's the fact that... um Every day is different. And look at it, my old man's been in the force for 35 years. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, there's not too many uh, cops that will um, stay in that long. And these days, the average lifespan is about five years, and I can understand why a lot of them will get out of it. Um, mm. But also, um, I mean, like the pay's pretty good. I mean, like your shift sergeants are on over a hundred grand a year. Um, right. Yeah, so, but, but also too, it's a risky job as well, isn't it? I mean, oh, you don't know what you're going to have to see that day. And that's that's like I said. I mean, that's I mean, my old man's been in some pretty tough encounters, and I mean, he's been in a couple of fights and whatnot. And um, of you know, I mean, he's, he's had to use his firearm before, and um, yeah. So I mean, it's. Yeah, it's just one of those sort of jobs, you know, you can kiss your wife goodbye in the morning and, you know, you might not come home. So Yeah. Hey, Tyson, what about, uh, you know, especially with the veterans, with those uh, the old school guys, is, how do they see the last four or five years, particularly with the ice epidemic? Um, yeah, well, look, a bit, policing's changed. and I mean, A lot's changed. And, um, yeah, as you say, there's a shortage of cops. And, um, yeah, a lot of them are at that point. And, you know, it's retirement and that sort of thing. And, yeah. And a lot of them say, look, I'm, I'm just, I'm too, I can't do this anymore. It's, and, um, you know, it's, I mean, there was, there was 60, um, 60 recruits in my man squad in 1980. Um, and there's only about 19, 20 of them left. Um, mm. Well, you so, know, too, I think that, like, I, I remember being so afraid of police. I mean, I'm not afraid now because I don't, I guess, you know, I don't get into trouble or anything and I treat them with respect. But, but I remember police would just walk into a room and everyone would behave and people don't do that now. You know, they're up against it. Thanks for your call, Tyson. No worries. Get on your toes. So that's that thing talking about retirement, uh, upcoming retirement for older cops. It's like yeah. uh, you know, Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. He just needs to get one through one more week, <laughs> oh, no. One more week. <laughs> okay, we've got an anonymous caller now. Anonymous caller, you used to be a cop. Yeah, I did. I did 24 years. Oh, it's a big stint. Yeah, did you think, what was it that got you into it, mate? Um, I don't know. I think it was just more, again, I was young when I joined. I actually graduated when I was 20. I just wanted to do something different and make a change. Right. Um, you, you do have to have a fire in your belly, and one thing I still still believe in is the uniform. I believe the badge is there, and it's mm. there for good. Mm. Yep, yep. I think you have to have that too, don't you? If you think that it doesn't, if the cops aren't doing a great job or whatever, then you, you can't be in it. Your heart's not there. Oh, God, you've got to have an enormous amount of self-belief and belief in what you're doing, I feel. Mm. Uh, it's certainly a... You know, in so many ways, it's such a confidence thing, but it is also about trying to do the right thing. It, it is a great job, and it is certainly derided by so many people, but, you know, I had 24 fantastic years. There are ups and downs, like with every other job. Sure. But I guess, you know, when you're wearing the badge, you, 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 it does become a job as well as being a passion. Mate, we hear it a lot from uh, politicians, from uh, you know, potential police people going in saying, I wanted to make a difference. Is there a point in time where you feel like you can't make a difference anymore, and you you know, politicians may be tied up in the red tape of politics, but uh, is, are there times where you just become jaded? Oh, goodness me, yeah, absolutely. Look, everything's bureaucratic and there's a lot of bureaucracy in policing and things like that. Like, like I said before, you know, you, you can't um, expect to change the world. Yeah. But if no. you've got that positivity about you that says you can make a difference with everything you do, yeah, it's a damn good start and you do rely on so many other resources out there. In a lot of cases, a lot of the things we do are band-aid solutions and you need other support services to be able to carry on. Yeah, God, you know, I think, you know, if someone has a bad day at the office, that might affect you for the next week or so dealing with your colleagues, but you have a bad mm. day on the job as a cop, that could be a lifetime change for, you know, things that you're exposed to that you can't handle or might affect your own lifestyle. So it's a big job. Oh, pe people do suffer, but, you know, we've got to... A really good support network and one of the things that I found particularly was I made some fantastic friends which I still keep um, and the camaraderie does help get you through too.
Mm. Hey, could you tell me you got out of the police force, correct, after 24 years? Yeah. Can you tell me the kind of industry or business you got into afterwards? Like how different was it? Uh, <laughs> very different. I but, actually went into oil and gas. Right. It was my midlife and I'll crisis if I want to, I guess. <laughs> I just wanted to try and do something different. Yes, yeah, um, Again, and um, after 24 years, it was just time for a change. Great call, mate. Well, Thanks for making it. Thanks for your service. Yeah, well done. Thank you. I've got to say, it's back tonight on Nine, Celebrity Apprentice. Have a listen to the one and only Richard Reed having a crack at Blake Garvey here. You let our group flounder. I don't recall you one time saying, Richard, we need the money. Make those calls. Who's doing this? Who's doing that? I didn't hear you one time. Why did you have me in the kitchen? Then over there. I, I didn't know what to do. Oh, Blake Garvey's here. <laughs> Come on, can you take Richard oh, Reed seriously? Richard. Well, I'm trying to think, you know, Richard, we, we know that every time we're on the show, we're trying to raise money, mate. Do I need to point it out to you? I, yeah. mean, I thought it was a little bit more obvious than that, but, uh, you know. I just don't think not. I could take anyone seriously when they're screaming at me in a high-pitched voice. With You <laughs> and know, and I love Richard Reed; he's table. a sweetheart. But, yeah, yeah. like, it's not, it doesn't really pull off angry very well, does uh, it? It's, it? It is comical, it's, it is comical. But that's exactly kind of what he's there for, you know. He's there to just be that caricature of a person and just... You know, stir the pot a fair bit and mm. uh, see what he can cause. Mm. So, Blake, uh, different, very different shows, uh, The Bachelor and Celebrity <laughs> Apprentice, or do you bring your same raft of skills? Yeah, it's pretty much seduce yeah, and right tune the other and, contestants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is very different. I mean, this time it's you know Mr. Boris, uh, as I'm still used to calling him, yeah. um, being in the lead chair, and he kind of does the float in, float out, look great, um, you know, sort of hand out roses type thing. Um, <laughs> and, and then whereas you know the rest of us are all sort of scrambling for uh, I don't know attention funds and all the rest of it. So yeah, it is very very different. I, I learned that one uh, pretty quickly, pretty much after the first episode. I kind of wised up to that. Mm. Yeah, you have to have a bit of respect for Mr. Boris too, don't you? Because oh, he, he's, he's very got, serious. Well, he's got so much experience he, in the yeah. boardroom. He'll cane you, won't he? Uh, you've got. Well, then again, Gina uh, is just phenomenal. I mean, even on the, the last episode, you know, she he said that she's someone that he's just he's never come up against it like her because she's a litigator. She's a barrister, yeah, and sure. it's just you can't argue against that. She's done it her whole life. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he kind of went. You can't argue right. against that hair. <laughs> <laughs> she she gets her makeup done and her hair done. She does it all herself. Like she Clearly. gets it at four in the morning, does it all before she gets in. <laughs> Our call times are like five thirty, and she's done and ready. You know, Blake, you you work in sales. You've done real estate, auctioneering. How different is Celebrity Apprentice? Because in many ways, you're not just selling a product; you're actually selling yourself. You, you are. You are. Look, it is. It's very very different. It's kind of. It's not the same. It's not the same in the sense of I think the actual Apprentice series, and I used to watch that, you know, many mm. moons ago, is is very much about the strategy, of the business. This is kind of a bit. It's a bit of amazing race type feel with a oh, bit yeah. of you know Big Brother thrown in and then mixed in, and oh yeah, by the way, you got to try to you know you're raising these funds at the same time. But um, yeah, it's it's just a bit more comical, and that's why they've got the characters here. It's not all yeah. you know business minded people. It's very few business minded people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was pretty disappointed a, at Gabby Greco mean, going. Yeah. Well, you know, she um, she might be back. She might be back. No. You never know. You uh-huh. never know. Um, there's a little bit of celebrity rehab in there too, because you want a celebrity to lose their mind. <laughs> so who's who's the most neurotic you're working with at the moment? Uh well, look, it, 
put it this way, in the boardroom, we were in there for like a minimum of four hours, sometimes six, and they turned the, uh, the temperature down, so we we're all pretty much freezing. So by the end of it, we're all pretty much neurotic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, who takes the absolute cake well, now that Gabby's gone? <laughs> um, I, I'd have to say, Richard, he, he, I mean, even last week, he, you know, he has a hard time keeping his cool. Yeah, he know? flips out, doesn't he? Just yeah, very, very quickly. Yeah. I had to give him that kind of look to say, we haven't even lost yet. Why are you, why are you freaking out? But, um, yeah. After your experience last time around, did you have to sit down with Louise and have a really good chat about whether you do this kind of thing again? You know what I'm saying? Uh, look, she was, I think, um, the biggest advocate for doing it. Right. So I just sort of said, look, you know, like, I'm really proud of you. I know that you've got a, a business mind and, and, you know, there's a lot to your personality that maybe wasn't shown as well. Yeah. Um, I really think you should do this. Like, this was the conversation with her because I would never, you know, really consider it if she didn't give me the thumbs up on that. So I thought, okay, all right, let's give it a go. I had to my charity auctions, as you know, and, mm. and, and I've mm. seen, and to come into this with a charity angle where every week a charity gets something, gets not just the attention but the money's that's win-win for me. Yeah, especially for reach out. Australia is stoked. Absolutely. Oh, mm. they were fantastic doing my uh, my live tweets and a bit of uh, video work for them last week was mm. a lot of fun, a lot of attention. So, and it's great. It's what it's all about: drawing attention to our charities. And reach out, Australia. For those who don't know, that's me. Is <laughs> what exactly, Blake? It's a charity that it, it's basically dealing with mental health issues. So if mm-hmm. you've got whether it be anxiety, depression, um, and those you know the feeling really on the edge. And for me. Uh, it, it was a big thing because last year, pretty much in the finale, the last week, um, a, a message got through to me where a good friend of mine from Perth, Thea Williams, um, had sadly taken her own life. And mm. you know, this is a lovely, lovely yeah. person. One you'd never imagine, school teacher, um, mid-20s, and like the happiest person you've ever come across. And you would never wow. imagine that she was going through anything like that whatsoever, you know? I mean, and that sort of goes, there is no stereotypical picture of a person that's going through depression or, or those other issues. And it's just wanted to draw a bit of attention, put a bit of a spotlight on that if I could. Brilliant. Well, on you. Reach out Australia. Well, it's back on tonight, uh, 8.40 on 9. And Blake, all the best, mate. Good to see you. Thank you very much, guys. Likewise. Well, Blake Carby joining us. If you are struggling, Lifeline's number is 13 11 14. And you can also contact Reach Out Australia. They do great work. The best of Clairsey, Shane and Kimber on Mix 94.5.